the rules. Mm -hmm. they, they absolutely did. They were the ones that were saying in the beginning, you got to have two drivers in the home delivery car for, for X, Y, and Z reasons. And this is why it protects the company. And this is why it protects the consumer. And then those same people, when they realized what kind of cost structure that implied, tried to work with the regulators to unwind all that. This is a regulated business where there's still the opportunity to help write the rules for the benefit of the consumer and the insured client. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on MJ Bulls, we are joined by James Whitcomb, the CEO of Frontier Risk. James, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Well, I've been really looking forward to speaking with you today. My family was actually in the, in the insurance business, and I know how important insurance is for companies. To get started, why are so many well-known insurance companies ignoring or avoiding cannabis companies or not selling can insurance to cannabis companies? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I, I think the answer is really twofold. You know, one is the stigma. And alongside that stigma, I would say a perception that this is still in the gray. If you're a hundred year old insurance company with a $30 billion balance sheet, and your general counsel is coming back to you saying, well, I think technically this is okay, but we're not exactly sure. Are you really going to take that risk and disrupt what is already a, a pretty stable business on something that you can't really get a straight answer on? And, and let's face it, given the sort of patchwork of, of regulatory answers, you know, from different executive branch bodies, it's kind of hard to string those things together for a rock solid legal opinion. Yeah, the ones that are in it are in it because they've they've gotten to that answer, which is that you know, as a service provider who's not aiding and abetting in the in the trafficking of a Schedule One substance, this isn't an issue. The second thing is really probably a lack of data. Insurance is something that relies on historical data to predict the future, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's actuarial data. If there isn't a lot of that out there, it's pretty hard to think through how you're going to price risk in the future. Yeah, It's pretty hard to predict, is this grow facility in Florida going to be destroyed by a catastrophic weather event? Because we haven't seen that yet. So those are really the two reasons. And I, I, don't, I don't blame them for not jumping in. Our company is here to hold their hand into the space with data so that they can make better decisions for a more efficient market. Yeah, you, you make a really good point. The fact that they're not in the space creates a business opportunity. And you guys are filling that void by providing the, inf the information and the, and the services that they're not willing to provide. You fashion yourself as a, as a tech-enabled insurance ecosystem. Maybe define that a little bit more for us. Yeah, so we think that a lot of lessons can be taken from the insure tech industry, which is an industry that sprang up to help reinsurance capacity or, or carriers better understand the risks that they are covering. And, and, and this has been done in virtually every other industry, whether it's shipping or construction on the builder's risk side. There are companies that can come in and use data, right? Whether it's a better understanding of weather patterns or it's a device connected to the internet of things 
that can monitor what's happening on an insured property on a real-time basis and feeding that information back to reinsurance capacity or capacity providers in general so that they can change the rate in the future if, if a company is becoming less risky over time or move it in the other direction, raise it if they're becoming more risky over time, right? Same thing with weather, weather patterns, those are always evolving. And we believe that there is enough data in the cannabis industry to start doing that so that when capacity comes in, we can show them what is inherently risky about a cannabis business. We think we have an edge too, because we're a team populated by former vertically integrated operators. So if you're a large insurance company coming in, trying to feel your way around in terms of how to price risk, mm-hmm. we think there's no better people to talk to than a team that has watched an extraction facility explode because certain SOPs weren't followed, seen a crop die off for a certain reason, seen a worker's compensation claim because they manage workers in a facility. We know that when workers are well-managed, they're safer and, and so on and so forth. And you can apply that across over a dozen different insurance product lines from mm-hmm. directors and officers insurance to product liability, GLPL, through to EPLI and to excess property layers. So there are a lot of opportunities, I think, to bring efficiency to this market. I think for our listeners, sometimes it's hard to get your head around just how many different businesses and how many different insurance needs each of these businesses have. And I know a lot of businesses within the cannabis industry are actually required by their license to have insurance. Is that true across the board or is that just in some states? So the short answer is, is yes, it's true. But like everything in cannabis, it's more nuanced than that. And, and it's nuanced against sort of the matrix of state-by-state state rules and regulation. One of the reasons I was comfortable entering this space is because in cannabis, you know, you're dealing with a, you know, 50-dimensional matrix of, of, of regulatory systems. Uh, insurance is also regulated on the state level. And so we feel like we have the team to sort of put those two matrices together. And whether you want to call that four-dimensional, 10-dimensional, whatever, I would say cannabis is a little more complex as far as how the regs vary from state to state than insurance is, but the sandbox we're comfortable playing in. I'd say to double click on that answer, the core kind of very basic policies related to employment liability and and general liability, you know, these are things you can count on as being kind of required by law across every state. It's not until you get into some of the higher value policies where state by state, you know, cannabis regulators require different things. What I think the real opportunity is, is frankly, working with state regulators to educate them on why certain things should or should not be required. And let's face it, the people who built the cannabis industry, they did that with all the state by state regulators as far as helping write the rules. Mm -hmm. They, They absolutely did. They were the ones that were saying in the beginning, you got to have two drivers in the home delivery car for for X, Y, and Z reasons. And this is why it protects the company. And this is why it protects the consumer. And then those same people, when they realized what kind of cost structure that implied, tried to work with the regulators to unwind all that. This is a regulated business where there's still the opportunity to help write the rules for the benefit of the consumer and the insured client. 
on your website that you have a proprietary tech platform to help you consolidate all this data and, for lack of a better word, spit it out in a fashion that the big insurance carriers are comfortable with. Can you talk a little bit about this tech that you guys have developed? Yeah, so that, that's something we're actively working on. You know, there are parts of it that are done. There are parts of it that are yet to be built. Obviously, we're, you know, a company that just launched and building and perfecting that tech stack is, is, is going to be a lifelong mission. The part that is really interesting right now is taking all the things we know about every square inch of the cannabis value chain and loading that into a proprietary database against different risk management policies, basically different commercial lines of insurance and having the database that spits out, okay, our expertise in this area of the value chain touches this product and our expertise in that area of the value chain touches that product and it touches that product in that way. Okay. And it affects pricing or it should affect pricing in that way. So there's a, there's a very robust financial model that we've built and that we use and that is running right now that links all those things together to really spit out predicted loss, right, in the aggregate and product line by product line. And that's, that's what's real and proprietary and being built, on, built upon right now. And, yeah. and we've, we've got a lot more wood to chop on that. InsureTech is an incredibly advanced space. It's a highly competitive space. And my sense is that we'll be building this technology company for many, many years to come. Yeah, it's like it, it's, it's one of the things that will never really be completed. It's, it's always going to be refined and, and taking advantage of new technology and new information. You mentioned that you just launched a company. Are you raising money or will you raising money or will there be opportunity for investors to participate in your growth? Yeah, absolutely. We are raising money right now. We're raising our seed ground. We're well into that, getting good traction. It's obviously not the easiest macroeconomic landscape given all the volatility or cannabis capital markets landscape in, in order to do this. But but the reality is we're not a cannabis company. We're an insurance company. And I, I think I think those tailwinds are, are, are what's really making the difference in our traction. Mm-hmm. And look, I mean, our goal, I think, is to, like any company, create value for our stakeholders. But the interesting thing about this is there are different ways to participate. We would like to participate in the reinsurance space. People who invest in reinsurance expect a very different return and a very different risk profile than people who are investing in the retail brokerage side of our space, right? Those are, those are different things, different return profiles, different risk-adjusted returns, right? And so I, I, I think it can appeal to a pretty wide audience. So yeah, we'll see. We're, uh, we're having fun with it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting business model that you have. And again, you're filling a void that would be, in other industries, would not be available. But because of the newness of the industry and the complexity of the industry. You've <laughs> planted your flag in a in an area that nobody's participating in. I can see where there's a really good opportunity for investors to participate with this. Yeah. In, the in the, the last thing I'll say in response to that, right, is like, I want to be very clear. We are not the only ones trying to solve this problem. It's such a glaring problem that there are, I wouldn't say there are a lot of people working on it, but we're not the only ones, right? And other people will figure this out alongside us. The good news is the market is so woefully underinsured 
that there are, there's room here for multiple winners. And, and we encourage that. I, I was at Parallel doing something I thought was mission driven. We were there to make money and we were there to make people's lives better. Let's, let's be clear. More insurance solutions, people figuring it out that aren't me and my team, that's good for the industry. And let's face it, this industry is on the precipice of really falling apart unless some of these institutional solutions come in very quickly. Well, thank goodness we have you on, on that track. We're going to have all the frontier risks information in the show notes. So if you want to learn a little bit more about their company or if you want to talk to them about possibly participating in their growth, I'm sure somebody from James' team would be happy to speak with you. James, really interesting what you're doing. I appreciate you, the effort that you're putting in and good luck with this. Thank you very much. Great to be on. And thanks for what you're doing as well. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.